Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Pinko, with Ruben Torres, and we are live. Once again, hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio, um, sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforbetterfuture.com. If you guys can go there and just check out the website, that would be awesome. Um, and we, we, again, we are, are uh, offering internships. So if you're listening, um, you know, just check out the website and see what we're offering our students. Um, and tonight's topic is healthcare. And we're going to get right into that. Um, and I want to welcome Ruben. Hi, Ruben. Good to see you in a week. Hi, how are you? Good to be back. Never heard you in a week, right? Uh huh. <laughs> um, the to- tonight's topic is healthcare repair and replace. Um, such a hot topic because you know I talked to somebody today in my neighborhood and he was complaining that um, this health care, current health care was going to be repealed in some way and they were acting like they were going to lose their health care insurance so you know, so what is going on in Americans' minds right now and, and you know we have our premiums have skyrocketed you know it's basically out of control. I, I believe that the Obamacare was designed to fail in the first place. Ruben, what say you? Well, as I was beginning to mention that, you know, when you have Paul Ryan leading the, the, the troops, you have, a, you have an individual that is basically has become a millionaire in Congress because he gets most of uh, the majority of his funding, donations, and campaign funds from the outside uh, outside interest groups like the insurance companies. So uh, that's it's not going to happen. The repeal is basically uh, there's too much uh, interest um, outside interest for for that to be repealed. And the Democrats are just going to basically – the Democrats know that whatever Ryan and his group is offering is not such a huge change from the current Obama, uh, Obamacare um, uh, health uh, care plan. So I think right now what President Trump had, needs to do is basically veto and reject – and I think it's going to happen in the Senate, not so much in the, in the House. So, in other words, Ruben, you tell me all the philanthropy I've done in the past eight years, it might go down the drain um, because, because the Republicans aren't, aren't listening. They're not re- really so getting we, the uh, uh, gist of it. <laughs> yeah, the Republicans, um, the Republicans are like Ryan and McCarthy and, 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 and uh, the rest of them uh, are basically, they're going to continue to just 
beat around the bush and say, well, we're, we're, we're repealing, but you're not repealing anything. You're basically uh, keeping the infrastructure of Obamacare in place. And let's bring on our guest tonight. It's Dr. Murray Sabrin um, from Ramapo College of New Jersey. He is author of the book called The Correct Cure for Healthcare. Um, and welcome to the show, Dr. Sabrin. Thank you, Dewey. Pleasure being with you. Yes. Um, what say you on the replacement? Well, here, here's because the problem. We talking. From a historical and philosophical perspective, we have to remember that the um, Supreme Court upheld Obamacare by one vote, and that vote was by a so-called conservative Republican um, uh, Chief Justice, uh, Judge Roberts. If he had said no, then Obama would have gone, had to have gone uh, back to the Congress to come up with um, a plan that would have passed uh, uh, constitutional muster. The problem we have initially is that uh, the, the federal government should not be involved in health care one bit, but that train has already left the station when the federal government got involved with Medicare and Medicaid in um, 1965 as part of the Great Society program. So we have two programs, one for the elderly, one for the poor, that have been cemented on the American people because uh, the Supreme Court uh, said that it's okay for the federal government to get involved in an area that it has no uh, jurisdiction or the Constitution doesn't give it any authority or responsibility uh, in, which is health care. So putting that aside, uh, what uh, President Trump should be doing is just repealing Obamacare and basically stating in a very strong and um, coherent way that we've tried this, this approach of top-down government health care for two segments of the population, people who don't have the means to uh, purchase it on the open market, and the elderly who should be saving throughout their lifetime in order to purchase health care when they're um, retired. Uh, we have to start over and, co- and uh, construct a free market health care system that's consistent with our values of individual liberty, uh, freedom of choice, free enterprise, and, uh, and, cha- and charity. And so from my perspective, it's just very simple of how to fix. Because I remember as a kid growing up in New York City in the 1950s when my parents took me to the doctor, they didn't have to fill out any forms. The doctor didn't have to fill out any forms or his nurse. You just paid the $5 or $7 office visit, and that was it. And if you needed an operation, my father needed a major operation in 1961, and he was a blue-collar worker at the time. He was covered under his uh, employer's health insurance plan, and uh, it was Blue Cross Blue Shield, and there was no uh, crisis in health care, as I can recall at that time. Um, That's over 55 years ago. So we've, we've gone from basically paying out of pocket and having health care insurance through work, which is another problem I'll get to in a minute, to this massive government entity called uh, Medicare and Medicaid and now Obamacare. And the reason we have health insurance tied to work is because of World War II and the price controls that the federal government imposed on employers because uh, it was hard to get workers when so many men uh, were fighting World War II. So in order to uh, get around the uh, wage and price controls, employers came up with health insurance as a benefit. And so that linked 
health insurance or medical insurance with work instead of having people go into the private market like we do today for life insurance, for homeowners insurance, for automobile insurance. We don't have employer uh, paid uh, insurance for those uh, um, types of uh, coverage. But because of uh, war and price controls, we now have most people getting health insurance through their employer as opposed to going into the private market where uh, health insurance can be priced based upon risk. And that's another factor that, that the people in Washington don't understand. Uh, risk is a very important component of pricing insurance, no matter what type of insurance it is. If you have an expensive car, you pay more insurance than someone who has a, a 10, 50, 20-year-old car because the 10, 50, 20-year-old car is worth a lot less than a 50 or 60,000 uh, new car. So the, the, the insurance costs are, are much different. So you can imagine if we had the same insurance cost for a, a 20-year-old car as we do for a new car, uh, four people who have uh, old cars wouldn't be able to afford insurance because the rates would be so much higher. So we have to have an insurance um, system in this country that's based upon risk. And one of the problems we have in health insurance is that a lot of people uh, don't get coverage because uh, it's, it's gotten so expensive because of inflation and all these mandates that are put in, in health insurance. For example, if you're a senior citizen, you certainly don't need prenatal care or you don't need OBGYN care uh, for uh, maternity uh, needs. And so when the government mandates that health insurance cover everything, when you don't need it, that drives up health care costs for everybody. So there are free market ways of dealing with this. And the first thing we can do is um, price health insurance based upon the, um, uh, the, the uh, risk of the person being insured. So that leads, leads to another question. What about pre-existing conditions? And this is where we have to start from scratch. The best way to do this, from what I've been reading about the subject, since obviously I'm not in the insurance business or I'm not a physician, so you really have to do a lot of research to find out what's the best way to handle these issues. And the best way to handle these issues if we had a private market for health insurance is that um, if, if you're a, a couple and you have a child, uh, you immediately get insurance uh, during the, uh, a pregnancy, and that insurance would carry over when the child is born. So in case there's a problem during childbirth, there would be... Um, uh, covered for that, for, for that incident. And then as the child uh, gets older, coverage would be maintained. And by doing so, uh, everyone, no one knows when they're going to get a, a major illness, whether it's a heart problem, a cancer, a stroke, or any other debilitating illness that may cost a lot of money. So by being insured almost from uh, before you're born for your whole life, you're in insurance companies will be able to deal with pre-existing conditions or, I should say, major uh, uh, medical issues as we have a large enough pool in, uh, for each insurance company so they can uh, accurately assess how much it's going to cost for all these major illnesses. And that's exactly what people need is you don't need insurance to pay for a routine doctor visit because you have a bad sore throat. That's not the point of medical insurance. The point of insurance is to protect you from catastrophic loss. And so we've lost that discussion, or lost that issue in the whole discussion of medical insurance. Uh, could you imagine if we had auto insurance uh, for uh, tires or, or for uh, batteries? It would be prohibitive because uh, uh, these things wear out, and sometimes they wear out a lot if you drive a lot of mileage. 
So you don't need coverage for routine maintenance on your car, and you shouldn't uh, need uh, medical insurance for routine visits to the doctor. Uh, if someone has uh, needs after uh, a heart transplant or any of these other major illnesses that may cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, if you're insured from the time you're a youngster, uh, the, the pool will be big enough so there'll be money in the, in the pot, so to speak, so the insurance company will be able to pay for those needs, and hopefully uh, not many people will be affected. But even if it is, then the rates will have to go up because that's what insurance companies do is they have to assess accurately the risks so they can pay out the uh, benefits and still make a profit because we're talking about a profit-oriented uh, entity. When government gets involved in insurance, we have sort of an open-ended flow of money from Medicaid and Medicare, and uh, this is what's called moral hazard. So people tend not to take care of themselves as well as they should because they know if something goes bad, something goes wrong in their health, in their medical condition, uh, Medicare and Medicaid will pick up the cost. And so we have to have a system that is geared more toward personal responsibility, and doing all the things that uh, doctors tell you and uh, nutritionists tell you you should be doing in order to avoid a lot of illnesses that are the result of bad lifestyle choices, whether it's smoking, drinking excessively, or a whole host of other things, or not eating the right foods. Um, We know that diabetes is a serious problem in this country, so is obesity. Well, that leads to a whole host of major illnesses uh, down the road, whether it's stroke, heart disease, cancer, what have you. So uh, people have to be educated, and that's why education is very important, where young people learn from, I guess, um, the early grades of uh, the importance of uh, proper nutrition and parents uh, purchase those things that they need to keep their family healthy. So it's a multifactored approach. And unfortunately, very few people, or I could say a lot less people than should, are, are doing the things that will uh, eliminate a lot of illnesses that can be prevented by making the right choices in life. And so uh, what we have today is a total, uh, a total bit, uh, catastrophe in, in health care because people now think it's a right. Uh, something that you need is not a right. The right that we get that we that we have because of our natural rights that the uh, Declaration of Independence talks about is basically the right to be left alone by the government. And health care right. is, is basically uh, a service that someone provides uh, uh, to us and we pay them for that, whether it's through uh, insurance with a catastrophic illness or a routine visit to the doctor. And uh, since we need to go back to that... Um, model, if you will, of providing uh, medical insurance only for catastrophic uh, loss, then health insurance would be a lot cheaper, or drug uh, prices would be a lot cheaper, uh, and we need to uh, reform the malpractice um, situation in the state, uh, tort reform. Uh, that, that discussion has, been, uh, has, been, has, been, uh, uh, has not been discussed at all. I, I don't know why, because that's a, a major element in um, the, the, the cost that doctors have to uh, bear when uh, when they pay their insurance uh, premiums. Um, I mean, you go to a doctor today, it looks like, um, uh, I, I can't even describe what it looks like. I mean, there are so many people in a doctor's office today because of the uh, medical insurance records that, uh, again, growing up, 
when you go to the doctor, the doctor had one nurse, and there was no insurance forms to fill out. So uh, in, in the old days, it was pretty simple, and you got pretty good care for, for a low price. I remember seeing a bill. Uh, it was published in a newsletter many years ago of what it cost to uh, have a baby uh, delivered, and the average family could afford to pay it out of pocket. You didn't need insurance because it was so inexpensive back in the 1930s and 40s. It was close to like a couple hundred dollars for something to have a baby delivered. Now it's today it's thousands of, thousands of dollars because of no practice, practice insurance. So, um, right. so we have to go back to uh, a system that the doctor-patient relationship comes first. And the insurance companies are there as a backstop for catastrophic coverage as opposed to paying for every single bill that we incur when we go to the doctor. So uh, Obamacare should be repealed. And then uh, Trump, with some good advice, should have an address to the country and say, we've tried this notion of top-down medical um, coverage from the government with Medicare and Medicaid and mandating coverage to the insurance companies and we need to go back to a system where the doctor-patient relationship is first and foremost, and people are not burdened with high insurance premiums, because if you're healthy, you, you really don't get any benefit from, um, from the, the, uh, the exorbitant health insurance that you and your employer pay, because um, at work, we used to get health care for, uh, for, quote, free. I mean, the college picked it up. Now we're paying about a third of the cost of it, and so I, we're probably, during the course of the year, not using anything that I'm paying out of pocket. So if I had that money and put it aside and didn't use it in the course of the year, I could roll it over every single year and build up an account that I could use uh, for future uh, uh, coverage. And we'd have to pay, uh, we would pay a premium for catastrophic coverage, and that would be it. Instead, we have this huge bureaucracy of so many thousands of people working in Medicare and Medicaid, and so many people hired by uh, doctors and hospitals to, um, to um, uh, take care of all the forms necessary, that uh, being a doctor today is uh, uh, one of my physicians, one of my specialists that I go to see, he said he spends, I think, um, a third of his day filling out forms. So that means the best time spent for with the patients. Yeah, I mean, writing reports oh. and making sure that you fill out the Medicare forms correctly. Because if you don't fill out a Medicare form correctly, not only won't you get paid, but you could go to jail. So yeah. doctors are facing enormous pressure to uh, uh, make sure that they, they're fulfilling all the bureaucratic red tape that they have to go through in order to practice uh, and medicine. Their patients, right, and their patients are, are um, you know, they get healthy. Uh, because right. when I had my first child, I had toxemia, and I, and I was in the hospital, and um, the doctor needed me to stay an extra day, and he had to plead with the insurance company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like get some sort of approval. Well, the thing is, uh, this is why this is why having copays. Uh, I mean, this is why doctors and patients have to talk over the cost and benefits of an extra day in the hospital. I mean, if the doctor is, uh, is convinced that an extra day is necessary, the insurance company um, uh, balks at it. I, again, it depends on how these insurance policies are written. If it's a major right. illness, it depends on what your deductible is. For example, operating people could probably afford to pay ten, twenty thousand, have a policy for ten, twenty thousand dollars or more deductible. 
because if you have the means to pay for um, for, for the first ten, twenty thousand dollars or more of uh, medical uh, coverage during the course of the year, why don't you have a coverage that gives you um, that pays for the first uh, dollar of coverage? So again, it depends on what your individual situation is. Uh, right. So again, we need more choices in in medical coverage as opposed to a one size fits all. And of course, as senior, right. as, as now in my senior citizen years. There's a lot of coverages I don't need, and yet you have to pay for it because that's the way it's it's um, it's put together by uh, the state of New Jersey. Uh, that it's Murray, uh, Murray, Murray, you're you're not there yet. Come on, let's let's, let's get real. You're not a senior citizen. <laughs> oh yeah, according to according to my uh, birth certificate, I I passed that a long time ago. So uh, <laughs> the fortunate thing, uh, the fortunate thing, not good. I'm knock on wood. I'm relatively healthy. You get all these aches and pains as you get older, but as long as you don't okay. have um, major illnesses, that's what makes life worth living. Uh, I mean, there are people uh, who are my age or younger who have major, major health challenges, and that is right. that is tough. That is tough. Some well, of it uh, could have been prevented. Some of it comes about because of um, a whole host of factors, but the point is uh, seeing my parents in the last few years of their life I mean, the medicine cabinet was filled with uh, prescription drugs, and that's no right. way to live as far as I'm concerned, is that uh, you've got to really know when your body's telling you there's a pain, you should go check it out if it doesn't go away in a few days. I mean, that's what the, that's how you should know that you should go to see a doctor. You shouldn't go see a doctor for any pain that comes up. Just give it a couple of days or so and see what happens. Uh, so, again, this is an education process. I mean, um, uh, what people don't know about their own bodies is really shocking in terms of what symptoms to look for and uh, when symptoms arise to, to get it checked out uh, quickly so it doesn't turn into a major um, medical um, illness. So um, right. we, we, we don't know if we're going to have, wake up tomorrow with a major illness or next week or next month or next year. Definitely. So you need coverage yep. for, a, for a catastrophic uh, illness that uh, could cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars, not more. But uh, but to have uh, medical coverage for a doctor's visit makes no sense economically, philosophically, uh, um, social, socially. I mean, um, uh, we should pay out of pocket for as much as we can afford. And that's what a, a good health care plan would be for people based upon their means. Now, the question, here's the, here's the $64,000 question. What about really poor people? We supposed to have Medicaid for them. Well, we know Medicaid well, is not working too well because a lot of doctors don't accept Medicaid. Right. Because Medicaid pays, but, I think, like ten dollars a visit. Yeah. So a so lot Mary, of some Mary, doctors. Right. Mary, I got, I, I got, I got to touch on on these three things. Uh, Obamacare premiums—they're set to skyrocket to an average of twenty-two percent in yeah. twenty seventeen. Uh, the exchanges, there's a lot less exchanges uh, now than there were two, three years ago. Uh, Medicare, the amount of money that has been transferred from basically Medicaid, uh, a lot of the Medicare uh, patients have been moved into Obamacare. Right. They, some of these states are basically have been granted fund, funding to a certain point, like I think New Jersey up to 2017 or 2018, and, and Governor Christie took the money. My question to you is, with the American Health Care Act, which, I, again, as I said in the beginning, 
I believe it, it's not a big change from Obamacare. Uh, where do you see this going? Because if this doesn't work out or it continues to uh, go in the direction that Obamacare has been going, guess what? The Republicans are going to get blamed, you know, and future elections are going to be non-existent because Democrats will, will, will say, you see, uh, they wanted to go and do something, make some changes, and look at what happened. Now it's even worse. So well, in your opinion, in your opinion, do you see the direction that they're going, uh, the Republicans, which is basically doing the same thing that Obamacare has been doing, well, and the premiums continue to go up? Yeah, what, well, this, what, what this, is the impact? The impact, the impact that's going to be politically, politically on, on, on the Republican Party. Well, the thing is, if if they pass a plan, and we don't know what that plan will be because uh, the vote is supposed to be on Thursday, and according to um, according to um, um, some people in Congress, uh, including uh, Senator Rand Paul of uh, Kentucky, he doesn't think the votes are in the Senate. Uh, let alone in the House. In the House, the Freedom Caucus uh, has 26 members, and they need 21 in order for this to pass. So it's possible that this thing may be withdrawn, according to Senator Paul, and that they'll, they'll uh, either start over or start really tweaking it to eliminate a lot of the onerous things that, were, that are still in the current bill that uh, are carryover from Obamacare. So politically, uh, what, I, what I would suggest if they can't come up with a, a, a plan, not, I wouldn't say a plan, if they can't come up with a structure that uh, de-socializes health care in America, and they'll be transitional, it'll take a couple, three years to do this, uh, I would leave this in place and say, hey, the, the Democrats know there's something wrong with it. Let them come up with the plans because they're the ones that passed it in 2010. Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. So politically, yeah. I would say, hey, the, Repub- the Democrats impose this on the American people. Let them come up with it with an alternative that uh, reduces costs, gets rid of the mandates. But see, the mandate is the key to this thing because it forces people into insurance companies. So the insurance companies will have the money to pay for this, and they always lowball the, the uh, initial premiums. So that suckers people into thinking that they're getting a good deal because everyone loves subsidies, right? Everyone loves to have someone else pay for the things that they consume, and then the rates go up. And this, this is a, a typical a bait and switch. We know that's illegal in the private sector, but the government does it all the time, whether it is with, with Social Security or Medicare. Uh, they always say the costs are going to be uh, low and the benefits can be great. But guess what? Uh, over time, these things uh, get out of control in terms of their costs, and the taxes go up uh, as well, and they're still underfunded. So I, from a political point of view, I, if they can't come to an agreement on, on uh, the American Health Care Act to make it better than what's proposed, I would say uh, let, it, let, let Obamacare die on its own um, uh, weight and, and, right. and, and, and mm-hmm. say to the people, uh, if you want government health care, you got it. If the Democrats think there's problems with it, let them come up with the solutions that they rammed it down the people's throats. And then Trump right. should bring the best people around in health care, um, who will say, here's, here's the way we deal with health care that would make it affordable for everybody and we cover everyone. And the point I was going to make earlier is that the way we deal with uh, 
Medicaid is we phase it out over two, three, four years and replace it with uh, something I'm intimately involved in, which is nonprofit health care. And by the way, if people go to the Ramapo College website and, um, and go to the Sabrin Center, they will see the e-book of essays regarding health care and philanthropy that will address this issue. I helped create a nonprofit health center in Bergen County located at Hackensack, and they provide health care with no taxpayer subsidies. Uh, the same thing with the uh, Zarafat Health Center in Somerset that was created by uh, Drs. John and Alita Eck. And then you have the one in Red Bank, um, the Parker Family yeah. Center, created by uh, Dr. Gene Cheslack. So there are models out there. It's called the Volunteerism Medicine Model, where retired physicians and current physicians who give one, two, three, four hours a week of their time, and they provide health care to the uninsured who, who can't afford health care. And then the, and, and the uh, nonprofit health center partners with the hospitals in the area to uh, send patients who need uh, uh, hospital treatment. And this is a model that's based upon very important values called volunteerism and self-help in the community. Instead of waiting for Washington to, to be the savior in healthcare, which you know it, it isn't and can't be uh, because they're running out of money, they're running a huge deficit every year. And so this right. is what Trump needs to do. He needs to have a coherent plan that's based upon several principles. And if he has a nice, quote, fireside chat with the American people and lays this out, I wrote a letter that was published in the American Record two weeks ago, which lays this all out in, a, in 250 words, that you have um, a, a, a vibrant, robust private insurance market for catastrophic coverage. You pay for routine visits out of your own pocket. And then uh, you have uh, nonprofit health centers all across the country, and there are hundreds of them. We all need to do is create thousands of them. And what, what, oh. what, and what, and what um, Trump can do is he can say to, to the state, We're gonna, you're going to get this money, and you, and you can partner with the doctors in the local communities around the state where you need nonprofit health centers, and this will be a one-shot deal to build out these centers, and this way the government's out of Medicaid forever. And then the well, money is raised through the community in order to, um, to pay for the expenses that are necessary to run the health care center. Well, why don't we why don't we have the federal government basically uh, transfer that whole process of healthcare to the states? Well, and get the federal government out of get the federal government out of out of the healthcare. That's the first step. So the second step is get the state government out of it because they play political football with it throughout uh, the country. So the point is healthcare. Um, to, to use an analogy. If war is too important to be left to generals, health care is too important to be left to politicians. Because right. isn't, it, isn't it amazing that all these politicians that are concerned about health care, they became lawyers instead of doctors? Right, right. But isn't, isn't it currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it currently the, the situation that the, 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 the head of the insurance for the state is the one who determines the prices, the actual price for... Well, yeah, well, that's why price controls... Price controls distort the market. I mean, anyone who studied economics knows this. So you need to have right. a free market so that the buyers and the sellers, the buyers of health care, which are the people, and the suppliers of health care, 
uh, can come mm. up with pricing that is affordable because if you charge too much, uh, people aren't, aren't going to um, uh, purchase it. So you need right. to have a system where everyone is satisfied. It's a win-win for everybody. Right now, taxpayers are getting stocked with high taxes to pay for Medicaid and Medicare. Um, seniors are not getting the coverage that they need because, as you pointed out, money is taken away from Medicare to pay for the Obamacare. Uh, it's a total right. mess. I mean, anyone who, uh, a foreign power who wanted to undermine America could come up with a better plan than Obamacare. So we just need right. to get rid of it. And Trump needs to, see, this is, this is one of the problems with Trump. He's not a deep thinker on these issues. And if he were a deep thinker or just a, a, a mild thinker, he would speak to people uh, like the ex, like the, uh, Dr. Chess, like, well, the people, like the people down in Hilton Head who created the first volunteer medicine health center, uh, and they would tell him how it works. And it works beautifully. Well, in fact, Trump, Trump should come to these centers and see how it works without taxpayer dollars. Well, I think, I think he has a good person running HHS, uh, Do, uh, Tom Price. It's, uh, Dr. Tom Price is qualified to actually uh, educate uh, Trump on, on, on this health care. But I, I wanted to touch on something else. Across state line buying insurance, that, that's another creative idea that, that uh, was brought to, to the attention of the American people by Ted Cruz uh, during the campaign. Why is there a, a, a hesitation or... Uh, from from the insurance industry and also from the from the politicians to push to push across state line purchasing insurance because that that can lower the cost. Would it? Well, again, from the little that I know about that particular uh, aspect, I don't think uh, insurance companies in a state wants competition outside the state. This is an example of of um, of, um, okay. of of uh, Companies not wanting competition. That's why they right. like. That's what they like state uh, regulation because it keeps competition out of their geographic area. I mean, you go back to the history of regulation. It's basically to protect the, uh, the the status quo of the companies that are already in the industry. I mean, it, it is so difficult to open up an insurance company, and if you have competition across state lines, then rates will tend to go down. They tend to go down doesn't mean they will go down. They tend to go down. Uh, because look what, look what happened with auto insurance in New Jersey, um, which is something I, I talked about when I ran for governor 20 years ago. I was the only one uh, in, in the debates with Whitman and McGreevy that talked about deregulation of insurance, auto insurance, so we could get rates down. And my two opponents, the, the major party uh, candidates, were opposed to it. And guess what happened? McGreevy won in 2001, and he deregulated the market. So he basically implemented my idea. Uh, Whitman, the Republican that's supposed to be for uh, free enterprise, she didn't even deregulate the market. Shows you how out of touch she is. But Murray, Murray, Murray uh, but right now I can yeah. buy I can buy life insurance across state lines. Absolutely. I can buy, I, I can buy car insurance. My car insurance is in, is in a different state from the state that right. I live. So, right. Uh, that that that's the part that I that has me baffled because if I can do it for life insurance, if I can right. do it for car insurance. Right. What's the hesitation for healthcare insurance? That's what I'm trying well, to get from you. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the insurance companies that don't want the competition coming into this state. That's the only reason I can I, yeah. I, I, I that yeah. explains it. Okay. 
So, so um, actually, the insurance companies got involved in that to make well, those laws, you, you, probably. You, you remember, every time a, um, an industry um, evolves, one of the things you find in American history is that the industry tends to go to the government to get protection. And this goes back 200 years with the, um, with the uh, iron, uh, uh, the steel industry. Uh, they were getting protection to keep out cheap imports. So uh, whenever there is a tariff, which is a way of protecting the uh, domestic industry from foreign competition, uh, they go to the government to say this is for uh, jobs or for, for uh, uh, better conditions in America. Whatever rhetoric they use, it's to keep out competition, which raises prices to domestic um, consumers. So we need a vibrant free enterprise economy, and whenever you see that, Prices go down. Look at the price of TVs and cell phones and computers over the decade, over the last few decades. Prices have collapsed in those areas. We're getting better quality at lower prices. And look at an area of health insurance where prices have come down, uh, like laser surgery for eyes. They've come down tremendously over the last 20 years as they've improved techniques. Uh, look at um, some other areas, uh, cosmetic surgery. Um, I, I don't know if the prices have come down. Uh, it's not something I'm interested in. But um, uh, and another area that people pay out of pocket is for veterinary services for their uh, pets. We don't have government programs for, for, uh, for uh, uh, pet health care, and yet people pay out of pocket for that. So why, are, why aren't people willing to pay out of pocket for uh, health care? But, Murray, I thought our pets are covered under Obamacare. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's so bizarre it is, I mean you couldn't uh, put together um, a more anti-consumer anti-taxpayer plan than Obamacare uh, so we, we've got to have an adult discussion without the finger pointing without the name calling and Trump has to educate himself on what is a free market system I mean here's a business guy that should be Shouting about free enterprise and not about protectionism, right. about border taxes, and all this other nonsense. If you're a business person, that's a topic for another, uh, for another day. Well, the thing uh, is, they're well, all related, Ruben. I mean, everything's related in, when it comes to economics. Uh, but I know we're, the fo- we're focusing on health care, but this, this, is, this is a, a, a litmus test for Republicans. Do you believe in free enterprise and, social and personal yes. responsibility, or do you believe in a top-down approach by government maintaining the welfare state? That's what it boils down to philosophically and politically. And so uh, uh, Trump but, has uh, to get... The Repo- yeah. The Republicans somehow seem to screw everything up well, this even is when a, they're in see, power like this. Well, yeah, I mean, people had high hopes when Eisenhower <laughs> became president in the 1950s, thinking he was going to overturn the New Deal. What did he do? He expanded the New Deal by creating the health and education and welfare yes, yeah. cabinet. And then when Reagan came in in 1981, after winning the election in 1980, he said he's going to get rid of the Department of Education and Energy. Well, last time I looked, they're still around. Rick Perry is now... The, the uh, chair of uh, the head of the uh, Department of Energy, and Betty DeVoe is the uh, head of the uh, Education Department. Education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, education. How many layers of education does it take to educate a child? You have right. teachers. You have assistant principals. You have principals. You have local school boards. You have superintendents. You have state education departments. And now, and now we have this monstrosity, the Department of Education. So again, here's another example of 
uh, a service that should be not be involved in, in uh, uh, with government um, tax dollars. That's a topic for another discussion as well. But the point is, there's a pr- picture emerging here of this overbearing welfare state, bureaucratic, mandated, high cost, high tax system that is bankrupting the country. That's just a fact of life. And so well, the Democrats, the Democrats have been very successful in pushing this decade after decade after decade until they get it passed. So in 65, we got Medicare and Medicaid because they've been pushing this stuff for 75 years, 80 years, or however long the, first, the idea first came up in the late 19th, early 20th century of government getting involved in health care. And now with Obamacare, as you pointed out, I think it was designed to fail to some degree in order to, for people to say, hey, we need a single-payer system because the, these exchanges don't work, the free market doesn't work. Well, we don't have a free market in healthcare. We have a government-dominated healthcare. In fact, it, um, of all the money we spend on um, uh, healthcare in this country, more than 50% is paid by the government, federal, state, and local. So we are right. halfway towards socialism, in that, total socialism in healthcare. So when you see the right. problem, it's not because of the free market, it's because of the government's involvement in healthcare, just as you would have government uh, a terrible uh, outcomes if the government were involved in every aspect of our lives. Could you imagine if we had government-mandated uh, televisions and government-mandated uh, cable networks and what, what the world, what our government-mandated cars? Uh, better enough than giving us all these other regulations, but Trump is doing one thing, Good is getting rid of the high fuel economy uh, standards, which are uh, not um, are not reachable by 2024. But leave that aside. Mandates and uh, rules and regulations do not provide the best outcomes for the consumer and the taxpayer. That's the bottom line. That's what economic analysis teaches us for the last 200 years. And the Democrats are just um, just blind to this. They don't want to hear about it. And the Republicans are unwilling to challenge it in a very direct way, so they're coming up with ways of tweaking the welfare state as opposed to abolishing it. And that's the right. challenge that I think people around the country who uh, voted for Trump, some of whom um, may like uh, uh, government-provided health care, or t- I don't like to call it government-provided health care. I would call it tax-subsidized tax, tax health care, which is really what it is. So... If somebody's offering you to sell you dollar bills for fifty cents, who wouldn't buy it? Of course. That's what the that's now, Murray, with in the, Murray, in the era uh, of fake news, uh, which we're <laughs> basically surrounded with nowadays, how is it uh, well, I shouldn't say how is it possible. It is possible. Uh when when the Democrats have been basically preaching for ever since Obamacare came into in, into the limelight that with Obamacare, there was going to be so many, everyone's going to be insured, insured. Now, some of the research that I've done, Obamacare enrollment expected to grow 9% to an average of 11.4 million in 2017. We're a country of 330 million. How, How have the Democrats basically misled and lied to the American people saying that Obamacare basically everyone is getting insured. I mean, I, I mean that's where the fake news uh, really comes into play, isn't it? Well, sure. I mean, uh, p- people have opted out. If you're a young person and the premiums are so high, why would you want to pay 
for health insurance when uh, you're probably not going to need it. Uh, the only time you need it is if you have a catastrophic illness. So you're taking uh, a chance by not getting insurance. But um, this is the problem with not setting rates based upon uh, a real important factor, namely your age and your health condition. I mean, young people should pay very little in health insurance because they, they use very little of it. In fact, I saw a statistic uh, recently uh, that 5%, I th- where is it? I have it in my notes here. Um, 5% of the population consume 50% of health care in this country. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Yes. That, that, that that shows you that there's a real major issue in terms of the um, of the uh, premiums because if you're if you're uh, if you're really chronically ill, you should be paying a lot for medical coverage as opposed to someone who's young and healthy, and that's one yeah. of the issues that has to be addressed uh, in any sort of system. Here it is: right. 5% of the population consumes half of the nation's health care. So a lot of this is genetic. We know there are diseases that are um, uh, transmitted from generation to generation, but that I think is a fairly small uh, part of the population. And then, as I said earlier, it's about lifestyle. If you have a lifestyle right. that is high risk in terms of your diet and what you do, exercise, um, uh, you're, uh, you smoke a lot, you drink a lot, uh, you're going to have illnesses down the road. And um, uh, one book I read last year, which is really uh, uh, called uh, 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 Grain Brain, by Dr. David Perlmutter, and he points out uh, that uh, type 3 diabetes is uh, the problem that the, the American people are having with obesity and, um, and, uh, and uh, using uh, wheat products, and, he's, and that's causing Alzheimer's, by the way. Um, so w- what he's forecasting based upon uh, the trend in American health is that by the middle of the... Uh, century, which is not that far away, tens of millions of people will have Alzheimer's in the United States. The cost of treating an Alzheimer's patient is astronomical. So we, have some, so we have some major health challenges in this country, and the American people have to take responsibility in terms of well, uh, doing what they can to maintain the optimal health as possible. Right. But the, the, problem, the problem is that when you, when you turn on your TV... Who are the leading advertisers on TV? Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. The news outlet. It's, it's, it's a pharmaceutical. It's the food industry. It, yeah. You know, it's promoting, it's promoting especially in, in, in minority communi- communities, basically they're promoting, you know, eating fast food, processing. And yeah. Basically, yeah. you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. The food, what you eat, is how your, your body is going to react to it. And but I, I do have something that, I, that 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 is very troublesome to me, the fact that we have two a uh, two hundred trillion dollar unfunded liability, which yep, includes yep. you know includes Medicare, Medicare, and Social Security, and 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 the fact that they're they're basically talking about uh, you know uh, spending more and more and more, and and the healthcare. According to the uh, according to the deficit this year, the deficit uh, will increase by 131 billion dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to keep increasing. Yeah, if they don't take into account these unfunded liability, which basically Washington D.C. is totally ignoring. Yep. 
we're, we, are, we are basically a sinking ship. Well, there's another component here. We know that the population is aging, which means that people are going to be needing more health care services. Uh, they're going to be living longer, so that's going to drain Social Security. Uh, but I just saw an article, in fact, I posted on my blog, murraysabrin.com, that uh, European nations are in deep trouble because of the welfare state. They need more workers to be taxed in order they could support the welfare state because they're not having yeah. um, a lot of babies in Europe. So th- this is a problem with the welfare state is that it's financially unsustainable in the long run because you have more and more benefits paid out to more and more people as people age and uh, are, are no longer uh, in the workforce. So this is going to affect us. It's affecting Japan already. And uh, we have to have this adult discussion. But the Democrats will are going to fight tooth and nail to maintain the welfare state because that's their religion, if you will. That's what they worship, is having the government, the federal government, provide these uh, uh, entitlement benefits to a whole host of interest groups in, in our society. And that's why the country is uh, in trouble financially. And so uh, right. what we have to do is keep speaking up. That's why I have a blog. That's why I write. Uh, that's why I'll be speaking at the Allendale Republican Club on April 3rd about uh, where we are in New Jersey and where we are in the nation and how do we get out of it. Rather than talking about the, the problems, talk about solutions. Well, we know what the problems are. Right. We, we just have to come up with, with solutions that are based upon sound economics and sound financial principles. And so since I've been doing this for more than 40 years now, I think I can come up with uh, solutions that um, people should accept because they're based upon um, fundamental values and fundamental principles. And um, one thing we know that you cannot override economic law because if you try to do that, you get a horrendous situation. All you have to do is look at Venezuela where they've been trying to do Mm -hmm. it. And, And now the country is literally... Uh, an economic basket case that makes any poor country, uh, part of the United States seem like um, um, uh, luxury. I mean, people are yeah. literally going to the garbage dumps to get food. That's how bad right. it is in Venezuela. And uh, wow. this, is, th- this is what happens when the government takes over an economy, is that uh, you could reach that point. I don't think we're anywhere near that in the United States. But uh, but what we've got to do is be vigilant and speak out and talk about uh, uh, what this country uh, was built upon, and that was uh, liberty, not, not entitlement. And we have to constantly remind our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, our co-workers that uh, this country um, it, it has unbelievable wealth and prosperity, but the, the government is making it more difficult for uh, low-income people and middle-income people to... Um, to uh, maintain a standard of living because uh, of a whole host of reasons we could, we could discuss in another show. But uh, yep. uh, health care well, is sort I, of a litmus test with education because government has uh, uh, been the primary providers of those services or payers for those services for, uh, for, for decades. Yeah, as former, as former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. Well, see, that's that's the problem. Well, then what happens is the governments run the printing presses like they've done in Venezuela, and then you destroy the currency, and then you create total economic chaos. And that's exactly what's happening there. And uh, it happened in Zimbabwe. It's happened in other parts of the world. But um, 
Right now, the problem we have around the world, as we all know, is the debt because governments are unwilling to tax the people to pay for all the spending that they're incurring. So they just right. borrow money like crazy. And They're uh, living in a bubble. They're living in a bubble. They're living in a bubble. Governments are living in a bubble. I mean, we see that in, in, in England with the NIH uh, health care, the, the, the health care system in England. We're seeing that in, in, in Sweden with the influx of refugees that right. are basically overloading the welfare state. I mean, uh, Europe, as far as I'm concerned, is, is on a huge decline uh, economically and, and, and socially. But one of the things that I want to ask before we, we, we're done is what is your future, what do you see in regards to the ideal way of handling the number of people that are basically uh, moving in from from Medicaid because Medicaid is also having a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, those individuals that are already on Medicare, okay, what would you like to? How would you like? How would you take care of them? Because a lot of them were moved into Obamacare, and well, then you know that's all that's overloading. That, that's been overloading uh, a lot of the doctors. But well, what, what, how do you? What would, how how would you fix the, the Medicare and Medicaid, Medicaid on a state level, Medicare on a, on a federal level? Well, what, 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 what would you? What would, you, what, what would be, be your your ideal way of of, of resolving that those two? Well, well, one of the things in the uh, in the uh, in the new uh, health proposal uh, that Ryan has put forward is expanding health savings account, uh, which means that you put okay. money in, you don't get it taxed, the money grows mm-hmm. if you need it. For, for doctor's bills, you use it, and you get a ta- and you get uh, tax benefits and anything that reduces your taxes, so you become more personally responsible for your own life. That's really what it, me- it means to be a human being. Whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or Independent, Libertarian, Conservative, or Socialist, you're responsible for your own life. I'm not responsible for anyone's life except myself and my wife. We, we work together. We've been married nearly uh, 49 years. That's what we do. We support each other, and that's what couples should be doing. They should be taking responsibility for their own decision-making. And that's the thing that Trump should get up and be saying to the American people. And instead of doing these stupid tweets, he should ask for time and explain this to the American people, just as other presidents have done, uh, from Roosevelt with his fireside chats, with um, uh, uh, Johnson and Nixon and uh, Carter and everyone, Speak directly to the American people, lay out the problem, offer a solution that will be fair to everybody. You'll get coverage at a, at a low price. You, you'll take responsibility for your, for your actions. Uh, and so he, that he has to do. If he doesn't do that, he's basically missing the point of what it means to be president. You just don't – you're not president in a new age with issuing tweets and, um, and in, in 141 characters – and think that's going to be uh, the way you win over people or have these rallies, you've got to speak to directly to the American people and lay out the history of, of this and why we need to go back to the way it was, which was pretty inexpensive for the average person to have health care without having a huge bureaucracy from the federal government to the state government. So first thing he has to do is explain the problem. Then he has to talk about we have to bring the solutions back to um, communities, so communities can deal with it in a way that they feel more comfortable, whether it's in Alabama, Mississippi, New Jersey, Texas, California, wherever. 
people have their own cultural values where, wherever they live and let them decide their, on their, uh, with their own neighbors what's the best way to, to do it. I mean, in the old days when people got sick, uh, the community got together and helped them whatever way they could. That's the way it worked in America. If people didn't have enough money. But say we have a, 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 a model called Volunteers in Medicine that could solve the Medicaid problem in three to five, two to four years by building out all these health care facilities around the country. It's not very expensive. You could do it in probably churches, synagogues, mosques, um, and other facilities, and uh, doctors can volunteer at the time. There, there are hundreds of thousands of uh, retired physicians that can do this, and then uh, they affiliate with the local hospitals to um, send patients who need um, either operations or uh, specialized services. So this is the American way of dealing with um, health care that would benefit everyone, the taxpayer, the patient, the doctors, the uninsured, low-income people. Uh, we, we need to change the culture in America, just as it's been changed from a laissez-faire society to a big government society. We need to go back to a laissez-faire society. Well wow. said, well said. Yeah. Wow, I, I just enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know. But it's it's just amazing, though, how so many people think the government is the answer. Well, this, this is why, since the Great Depression, we live in a society where people have it's become a religion. I mean, if you, if you question the government doing something, you're considered um, a heretic. This is what it comes down to, or uh, an extremist. And uh, this is why people don't know history. They don't know it, philosophy. Like us, like, like I know Ruben and I, and, you know, we're, we're in that uh, category because we question <laughs> the government all the time. This is 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 well, the thing is, I've been writing about this and speaking about this for so long that um, it's become second nature, and that's why I like to write letters to the editor and write op-eds and uh, post stuff on my blog so people can see what other people are writing about these subjects and uh, get the opportunity to uh, speak at various um, uh, to various organizations and just to explain that uh, uh, government is not the solution. If it was a solution, we'd all be living in paradise right now. So as the government has spent trillions and trillions of dollars in the last 50 years since the Great Society was implemented in the mid-60s, and things are worse off today with all the people on food stamps and um, and uh, are dependent upon government for most of their income. That's a pretty well, strong indictment of the current system. Larry, uh, I think I think the, the the part about that is that my, my dad told me this when I was a kid. He said, government likes to have... You cannot afford to have too many brilliant people like you, uh, because they they need to keep the pub, the masses pretty thumbed down, and that's mm-hmm. what they've done. Yes, they, mm-hmm. they've succeeded. They've succeeded in dumbing down the majority of the American people, you know. And 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 if you can't see, if you can't see clearly through what they're trying, the message that they're sending you. Then you know, of course, that's the reason they they're they're in control and they're in power. 
Absolutely. There's no question yeah. about it. And, and yeah. it's also divide and conquer, especially with social issues. Uh, they divide and conquer. They get people excited uh, uh, on both sides of the issue. And uh, the big issues are basically what the government does to maintain its power. So um, mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of work to do yes. because uh, we we don't have, fortunately, in Washington that will address this uh, uh, from a perspective of uh, limited government that will yep. uh, make life uh, better. Yep. Dr. Sabrin, we're out of time. Um, can you mention your website again? It's murraysabrin.com, and um, I've been posting uh, articles from around the web that um, that highlight some of the most important issues of our time. I haven't been able to write original pieces um, yet because I'm on sabbatical and doing a lot of research and writing for my uh, book on financial bubbles. So um, I hope to uh, start writing soon um, once I get this project uh, out of the way. But in the meantime, people can go to the website, and sometimes I, I put a little note to some of the posts that I um, put on, on uh, the blog. Doctor, Doctor um, uh, uh, we have to do a show. We have to do two shows: one on border security, and then we have to do a, a show also on the financial bubble that is coming. That it's going to explode. Oh yeah, there's no question about Absolutely. it. Uh, the question is, question is the timing. But um, I've done so much reading the past um, two months that uh, I feel I'm. Uh, uh, overqualified to talk about this because I've just read so many books and articles that uh, I want to put all my thoughts together in a new book that uh, hopefully will be published uh, next year. Absolutely. Yes, okay. Ruben, I'll let you do the closing. Well, this conversation, um, uh, this this whole process of Obamacare and and the American health care is basically... It really has really made the American people become aware of how Washington runs is being run by the lobbyists. The control that the politicians in Washington that they have over the politicians in Washington is outrageous, and we need to really push for term limits. And President Trump has to really be in the forefront of pushing for term limits because if it continues, nothing will change and will continue the status quo. Good night. God bless America. Yep. And thank you very much. Until next week.